Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weaver State League Volleyball Show. We are the Weaver State affiliate of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host for this one, Colby Peterson, flying solo tonight, talking a little bit about Big Sky Volleyball. I think um, if you didn't know, the Wildcats were also in Montana last week, taking on the Grizz and the Bobcats, like we talked about on last week's show. And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how that went. Spoiler alert, it went pretty well. <laughs> uh, then after that, we're going to talk a little bit about this week's opponent. Just one match this week, uh, but it will be against the rivals, the Stripes coming out of Pocatello. So we'll talk a little bit about Idaho State and what has happened with the Stripes since we saw them last up in Pocatello. It's been about a month and let's just say this. Things have not gone super well for them. But before we get into all that, want to encourage everybody subscribe to the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to find Weber State Weekly. We really appreciate those who are telling their family and friends about Weber State Weekly, continuing to grow the show, and also the reach, trying to get everybody together, all the Wildcat fans listening to Weber State Weekly, and also giving them the coverage that hopefully they can stay informed about the teams and all that good stuff on social media, of course. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all good places to follow us and stay up to date. And then uh, we've got the blog, WeberStateWeekly.com and Patreon.com. You can go to Patreon.com slash WeberStateWeekly and become a patron. Got some um, recruiting interviews that I need to drop in there this week. So if you are a patron, you will be seeing those very soon. And uh, you'll get access to those because you're a wonderful supporter of Weber State Weekly. And we appreciate those folks who help us keep the lights on here at Weber State Weekly. So that's it, folks. Let's dive in now to first couple of matches. Like we said, the Wildcats were on the road last week, did the Montana roadie, uh, started out in Missoula against the Grizz on Thursday night. And so we'll start at, We'll start there. Um, if you remember last week, I talked a little bit about how Paige Clark was going to be a factor in this one. She was the Grizz's best player by, by far, far and away, the best player for the Grizz. And guess what, folks? That held true. Paige Clark was absolutely dynamite for the Grizz on Thursday night. She ended up with 20 kills. Uh, but it wasn't really enough. <laughs> the Grizz still ended up losing to the Wildcats three sets to none. They got swept in their own building. Uh, Wildcats, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of pressure there at the end of that third set. Uh, Wildcats still win it 26 to 24. So some slight overtime. But all that is to be said that. She was um, talking about Paige Clark. She was absolutely dynamite for the Grizz, but the problem for the Grizz was that nobody else really was. Like we said, 20 kills, eight, eight attacking errors on 55 attempts. She hits 218, but the next closest player to really have any sort of momentum at all is Katie Sam Samadini, and she had eight kills on three, th three errors on 24 attempts. That's really it. I mean, nobody else really had an opportunity offensively for the Grizz. And so if you're the Wildcats in this one, you're just looking to shut Paige Clark down. Sure, she got her opportunities, 55 attempts. I mean, she did fairly well with those 55 attempts hitting 218, which is not a bad number, but it's quite a volume number when you when you really break it down. So we knew Paige Clark would be very, very good. She also chipped in uh, a couple of a couple of service aces as well. Is that right? Oh, sorry. Those are service errors. So gave the Wildcats a couple of points, which is, I think, uncharacteristic because normally she's a very good server, but in this one, didn't seem to make the difference. And really, Paige Clark was all they had in this one. And so the Wildcats absolutely roll. Whereas with Weber State, a little bit more balanced. I mean, Danny Richens, of course, leads the Wildcats with 12 kills. She ends up hitting 163, not her best night on 43 attempts, but still 
12 kills leads the Wildcats, but it was a much more balanced approach from there, right? Emma Mangum comes in with seven kills. Bailey Bodley has seven kills. Brielle Rickard has seven kills. By the way, we'll talk a little bit more about Brielle Rickard in just a bit, but a little bit more balanced from the Wildcats. And then also um, another thing I was going to point out was that A-State was back in effect in Missoula on Thursday night. The Wildcats found the floor eight times in this one. Charlie Bouquet led the way three service aces followed by Bailey Bodley had two of her own. And then um, several ladies had just one, one a piece, but eight total in this match, which is nice. feels like that's uh that's the, the wildcat team that we are familiar with. If you watched volleyball at all last season. So eight service errors in this one, it really feels like possibly that this team is now really starting to find that rhythm in the coaching staff has now had enough time with these, with this class of fresh women. Um, plus the, the group that have, already had some experience here, the sophomore class from last year and the seniors. They're doing a great job of finding the floor now, picking those spots and really executing on that game plan because we know it's a key part of Weber State Volleyball. A-State is a thing, and it sure was on Thursday night against the Grizz. So a couple other things I want to talk about before I move on um, away from the Grizz to talk a little about Montana State because that, that game had a couple of other things that were interesting, but I really want to shout out Charlie Bouquet because not only did she pitch in a couple of service aces herself, um, or she had three total, but um, she also, she had 18 digs in this one. She just really did a good job. Led all Wildcats with 18 digs and uh, just checking. I think she led everybody all. Yeah. Everybody. The Grizz that the next highest player was the Grizz's Serena Moreno. She had 16 digs herself on their side. Um, that was also uh met by Jackie Howell for the Grizz. And so they kind of split their duties there, but the Wildcats didn't need, you know, a ton of digs because the offense was working pretty well. And so overall, Weber State comes into this one. It has a really good night. I mean, they don't hit less. I mean, honestly, the worst set offensively for the Wildcats was actually the the third set where it was close. The Wildcats just 10 kills in that set to the Grizz's 17. So you can see the disparity there and how maybe it was a close set, but the thing for the Wildcats, and if you've been listening to the show this season, you'll know the Wildcats like to make their money on blocks. And so we'll talk a little bit about that in just a bit when we go through Idaho state and what to expect from them, even though we've already seen them once things, like I said, have changed a little bit, but Wildcats do a really good job on, on the net uh, of getting blocks and finding points that way. And, um, they did, they did a fantastic job of that on Thursday night, led with seven blocks to the Grizzlies four. Um, so it really wasn't in doubt by the time the Wildcats got to that third set. I mean, things were pretty much rolling, but let's talk a little bit about it because this is the area where it seems like the Grizz maybe had started to figure it out, but it was a little too, a, a little bit too late for them. Because the Grizz, they, they had some runs going into the set, but the Wildcats had several more. And so they just kind of, you know, they go back and forth for a little bit. Each team has their own run. And then a really critical juncture is the Grizz are able to get back in it. Uh, if you watch the match, they go 8, 9, 10, 11 to, to 9. So the 4-0 run gets them really back in it because at that point they were down 9-8. And, uh, and so Wildcats really you know, letting them back in a little bit, letting them go on. You know, they had a couple, a service ace in that run, uh, along with a number of kills by Jackie Howell. She was 
really doing a good job. That was kind of her moment to shine. So they kind of come back out and they take a lead, but Weber State, not to be, not to be counted out ever. Um, they battle back. They take the lead back. And so it just kind of goes back and forth throughout the teens. And then once we kind of get close, once we get to the 20s, then it's sort of like decision time. Grizz make a little run. They get within one. And then they actually tie at 22. So it looks like this could go either way at that point. The Grizz actually take the lead at 24-23. Looks like the Wildcats could potentially lose. And guess what, folks? They don't. They go on a 3-0 run to end the match and end the uh, or to end the set and also end the match. And those are led by two kills from Emma Mangum. Absolutely phenomenal job. And then also a service ace from Charlie Bouquet, who, like we said, has really come on these this season, doing a really great job from the service line. She's done a fantastic job of developing that serve. And I, we've seen it come through in big moments. We've talked about already this season, the UVU match where she had some big moments in that fifth set late to take the lead and then eventually end the match. Um, Charlie Bouquet, I think, is really, really coming on. And it's good to see her get that time with the coaching staff and, I'll, of course, get a little bit more playing time this season because she's making an impact. So the Wildcats come through on this one. They end up sweeping the Grizz 3 nothing in Missoula, take care of business. Uh, I was doing some some research, and uh, this is an the Wildcats are now on an eight game win streak against the Grizz, which was surprising. So there was a time if you, I mean if you get on on the Weber State's website, uh, you can go back and look at the history between the two teams going back to usually the seventies, if not later. And in this in this particular case, there was a time where obviously Montana had a had an, a really nice run against the Wildcats, but of late that has not been the case. The tables have been turned, and Weber State has really done a great job against. Against Montana in recent years, and so um, if I, I mean, I guess might as well pull this up in case you folks are interested. You know, just kind of give you context around kind of where this is at. Um, right now, the Wildcats are fifty-fifty when it comes to playing the Grizz in Ogden. Um, it's it's twenty-four twenty-four all time. Uh, Club Swenson has been fairly kind to the Wildcats. Uh, the deficit comes then on the road where the Wildcats. Uh, have lost um, 10 more games than they've won uh, up in Missoula. But that obviously gap is closing with matches like this one on Thursday night because a sweep, not a problem, handle business against the Grizz. And so just let, let's take a look here. The Wildcats then have, if they've won eight straight matches against them, and they will see them again one more time at Club Swenson later on this season, the Wildcats have not, they haven't dropped a set to the Grizz since the 2020-2021, that spring season. And they haven't lost to the Grizz since 2017, where the Grizz came to Ogden and beat the Wildcats three sets to one. So since that time, the Wildcats really done a good job of handling business against the Grizz and uh, have only given up one, two, three sets since that game in 2017. Three total sets. Uh, so eight game win streak, just doing an absolutely phenomenal job against the Grizz and a chance to potentially add on later this season. So Wildcats get the dub. They sweep their way out of Missoula and then they hit the road actually in Bozeman the same night as the football team. Uh, we talked a little bit about the football game in last night's show. Um, so if you want to check that out, that's obviously uh, it'll be in the podcast feed or if you want to watch it on social media, it's on YouTube, it's on Facebook and it's also on Twitter. Uh, if you want to just uh, watch the video 
and and see some of our smiling faces talk about it. But uh, they were there that night. And so I noticed uh, when I was pulling up the stats for this one in particular that attendance was really, really good in Bozeman. And I wondered if the contingency of Wildcat folks who were probably just going to stay up in Bozeman for the night, uh, if they had decided to show up because this one saw attendance of 1200, which I mean, maybe that's a bit of a a misnomer because earlier in the season, the Grizz were in town to face the Bobcats, little cat Grizz volleyball match. And they set the conference record for attendance in that match, um, just an absolutely incredible atmosphere. And so it feels like perhaps, you know, the Bobcats have their own built-in home field advantage with, you know, 1,200 or about, you know, 800 to 1,000 folks just showing up every match, which is truly something, um, but didn't seem to matter in this one. So let's talk a little bit about how things went against the Bobcats. Um, as I went through the stats, um, one of the things that stood out to me the most was that Montana State was absolutely plagued by attack errors. They committed 35 attack errors against the Wildcats. Um, That's 35 free points, folks. Uh, It's just, it's tough, you know, if that's how they're going to go. And so the Wildcat defense continues to be really elite. And we've talked about that over the past couple of weeks. The fact that the Wildcat defense is one of the best in the conference. They do a great job of blocking. They do a great job of, you know, getting in folks' face up up on the net um, and make that the ball, if it's going to come back, that it's going to go to the places that the Wildcats want it to go, or they'll just send it right back immediately. Um, This is a performance that also, you know, this match and the previous match in Missoula that garnered middle blocker, fresh woman, middle blocker, Brielle Rickert. She's defensive player of the week in the big sky now because of her performance against both the Bobcats and the Grizz. And so shout out to the young, uh, the young middle blocker, you know, the all American coming into Weber state, getting a lot of opportunities to play uh, because of how short the bench is this season. We talked a little bit about that, but man, I mean, just an absolutely dynamite performance by the defense and uh, they come through, but 35 attack errors for the, for Montana state, Um, a, a really big statistic. Like I said, that sticks out to me when I look at this match, because man, that, uh, that plays a big role. Another thing I wanted to talk a little bit about was um, if if you didn't watch the match on Saturday afternoon, um, well, really Saturday evening, it was like six o'clock at that point. Uh, you probably would look at it and say, okay, the Wildcats went 3-1. Um, but man, I'll tell you this, it was very close to being a sweep. In that second set, the Wildcats were actually up 24-23. And so they were on the verge of closing out the Bobcats in the second set to take a two none lead. The Bobcats actually went, came back, went on a three Oh run. It was sparked by a wildcat service error. So wildcats give them a point back to tie the game and then boom, boom, two kills to close it out. The Bobcats win that one 26, 24. And so then it's tied one, one at that point, but it's kind of weird because after that, at that point, it was like the wildcats, they flipped a switch and they said, we're not messing around anymore. And they absolutely come back and dominate. Um, the Bobcats did sniff 20 points again. So Wildcats come back 25-16, fourth set 25-17. Just dominating, making sure that they were going to leave no doubt. And um, and they really didn't. Another thing that kind of stood out to me was the, the Bobcats win that match 
even though they were only hitting 125 on 40 attempts. So they had 13 kills on 40 attempts with eight errors. The Wildcats had 14 kills on seven attempts with 40 errors. And so really it, it boiled down in that particular set to um, other, other factors at play, not necessarily a traditional offense the way you would, but more defensive play really kind of, and, and mistakes made by either team that ultimately gave the Bobcats an opportunity. But it's really kind of interesting that after that, the Wildcats flip a switch. And I think that if you're a, if you're a Bobcat or if you're a Wildcat volleyball fan, that's the kind of thing that you want to see from this young team. Cause we've talked about how young they are all season about how there are so many uh, fresh women playing on this squad. And that the fact that they've got this opportunity to really rack up a ton of experience that will put them, uh, hopefully ahead of schedule next season to really, truly hopefully contend. Um, once we, the Wildcats get a few more, few more folks in to extend the bench and, uh, shore up some positions that they need to, but this group of fresh women and the, the group of seniors leading them, uh, just doing an absolutely phenomenal job of putting it together and helping each other out. Um, so when you see what happens in the third and the fourth sets, to close out the Bobcats and the Wildcats, you know, hit the road and come home with two wins in Montana. It's the kind of thing that you want to see that if they drop one, they're going to come back out, they're going to handle business and they're going to get it done. And I think that's what we saw. A state also, uh, it was a good, I think road trip for the confidence from the service line because the Wildcats had seven aces in this one to Montana state's five. So a little bit, a little bit of trouble there, um, defensively for the Wildcats, um, from the service line, but alternatively Wildcats were doing a good job of finding the floor themselves. And I think that's a good trend. I think we're starting to really see that pick up. And if you're a fan of Wildcat volleyball, which I assume you are, because you're listening to the show. That's a, we talked at the beginning of the season about how the schedule was set up really well for this young team to get together in the out of conference schedule and that the schedule would ramp up to some of the tougher teams as things went along. There were plenty of you know games that would not be as demanding or tough to lead up to the Portland states and the Sac states and the Northern Colorados which will be coming up soon. So it's just kind of everything that we talked about at the beginning of the season about how the Wildcats would have this opportunity to ramp up and that these young, these young fresh women would get an opportunity to grow. That's exactly what we're seeing. And so it's nice to be right, I guess in a way, <laughs> but like we said, it's really going to pay dividends I think later. And it puts the Wildcats in a good position because when we talked about that at the beginning of the season, we noted that the Wildcats should become a very dangerous team. Once the conference tournament rolls around, Nobody in particular is probably going to want to play them. Maybe Portland State because of the way they've handled the Wildcats this season. Um, just it's just been a, a slog against them. Portland State is very, very good. We've seen them twice now. They've swept the Wildcats both times. Just uh, it's tough against them. But I would think anybody else, um, they probably don't want to have to play the Wildcats because even if they don't win, they will be a tough out. So talking a little bit more about the match in Bozeman. Um or I guess in general, this particular trip with the two-man Bozeman, a thing that stuck out to me was the Wildcats are consistently behind the, their opponents in kills. They, they make their money on blocks and actually lead the conference in those blocks. And so it makes a big, big difference 
the way that they play. But we've talked about earlier how the Wildcats are a very defensive team and uh, they do a great job of finding their points that way. Um, the offense has not been as high flying as it was last season. You know, uh, Danny Richens has had some, some injuries, uh, the outside hitter positions still kind of working through that. We have quite a, a little bit of a rotation going on. It feels like, like maybe Emma Mangum has secured that spot a little bit more, but, uh, on the other side, opposite from Danny, but still because of the short bench, you know, there's only so much that, that the Wildcats can do at this point in the season, but I think that they've performed admirably. And so if you go and look at the conference conference stats, I mean, the Wildcats offensively, yes, they're behind in kills, but in, in a lot of these matches, but Wildcats are third in the conference when it comes to hit percentage. So, you know, and keep in mind that Northern Colorado just has an absolutely prolific offense this season. I mean, if, if you're a football fan and you watched Eastern Washington, think of them of the Eastern Washington of volleyball this season because they're absolutely phenomenal at offense. They've had some downfalls when it comes to defense. But other statistics that we, you know, we'll talk about here in, is that the Wildcats are doing an absolutely phenomenal job of taking care of business on the defensive end. They lead the conference in blocks, like we said, they are second in the conference at opponent service aces. So when the ball gets sent over, they don't usually give up a lot of service aces. Obviously, like we said earlier, against the Bobcats, they gave up five, which is very uncharacteristic for the Wildcats. They don't normally do that. They only average about 1.3%. So if they're playing three on average, they're only really giving up at most three to four in a match. So just slightly ahead. Uh, but the, the, the interesting thing is that Montana State was right behind the Wildcats at number three in the conference at giving up service aces. And it didn't matter. The Wildcats took absolute advantage of that and came away with seven. Um, just, uh, just shows the, um, the quality of the coaching staff and the way that they can coach up these players. I think it's really starting to sink in. Um, even though you'd say, well, Colby, but Portland state leads the conference in service aces per, per set. They average about 1.78 per set. Yes, that is true. Um, if you want to look at overall service aces, Sac State actually leads the conference with Weber State all the way down at number six. But when we go to average per set, Wildcats come in at number four with service aces. And so not, I think probably a little bit of a slow start because of the new crop of folks and, you know, them getting used to it. But overall, the Wildcats, they're, they're right on schedule and we know what A State's all about. And so they'll be coming back very, very soon. And then the Wildcats lead the conference in digs per set. Uh, it's great defense. They do a great job of, taking care of the ball. And so when the ball comes back over, they make sure to try, you know, get it up in the air as quickly as they can. It's just um, getting the offense rolling a little bit more. I was thinking about this and if, you know, a lot of people like to do this and they will say, if only I could have this offense with this defense, right? You'll hear that often in sports. And I was thinking that if, if the Wildcats had the offense from last year or even the spring season of last year with this defense, my goodness. I mean, that is just, that's an elite team because defensively the Wildcats are just so, so good this season. Uh, so final thoughts on Montana state and Montana. Um, the Wildcats handle business. Like we said, aces, aces flying blocks, a key piece of this. Um, Wildcats have lagged a little bit in assists, uh, but I think that that's largely a function of the Wildcats not finding the floor on kills, but um, making their money on blocks. So it's just a function of how they're, how their system works, but two dubs 
Uh, now the Wildcats, if you want to take a look at the conference standings, the Wildcats are actually surprisingly sitting at number two right now in the conference, which I mean, if you had told me at the beginning of the season that this late, the Wildcats would be at sitting at number two, not tied with anybody. They're, they're one loss behind Portland state who has beat the Wildcats twice since the Wildcats only two losses, both to Portland state and both sweeps. Um, man, the Wildcats are looking pretty good. Northern Colorado sitting behind them at six and three in conference. And then uh, it just kind of goes down from there. I should note Sac State also tied with Northern Colorado for third place. Uh, but that's kind of, I think, how we probably saw it at the beginning of the season that Northern Colorado, well, I think maybe have, have underperformed a little bit because we expected them to be the best team in the conference. They were the preseason number one. Wildcats actually were preseason number two. So we're right where we where people thought we would be. Yeah, but Northern Colorado has dropped some some key games. Uh, we'll talk about this in just a second, but losing to Idaho State, losing to Northern Arizona, uh, just some uncharacteristic losses for them. So we will just kind of see how this works out in the coming weeks uh, because this, they've got a really big road trip this weekend. Northern Colorado goes out to do the Sac State, Portland State roadie. And should they drop one or both of those, the Wildcats are kind of in the driver's seat to secure the number, you know, to be number two or even potentially be number one. Should Northern Colorado beat Portland state uh, on, on the second game on Saturday? Let's talk uh, now a little bit. We've talked about what happened last week. Let's look forward to the, the opponent at hand coming up on Friday. Uh, the stripes coming down to Ogden to face the wildcats coming out of Pocatello. Um, I should note that this is a blackout game. It's blackout week. In fact. So uh, if you haven't heard, Wildcats will be it's it's blackout for the volleyball match on Friday night. And then it's also blackout for the game against the Grizz on Saturday afternoon. Um, so make sure to have your your. Your black Wildcat gear ready um, because want to see some of that both at Club Swenson and at, at Stewart Stadium. But um, a couple of things that I kind of wanted to talk about here going into this one, there's some 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 things at play now that the Wildcats have kind of made it through. They've, what, what was it, nine? They've played nine conference games so far. Yes, they've played nine conference games. A lot of those were on the road. I mean, so now the Wildcats have a very, they're going to play in, in Club Swenson a lot for the remainder of the season. You know, they've done the roadie to Sacramento State, Portland State. They've done the roadie to Eastern Washington, Idaho. They just finished the roadie to uh, Northern uh, to Montana, Montana State. Uh, the only roadie that will remain is Northern Arizona, Northern Colorado. That's really it for the remainder of the season. The rest of the schedule will be played at home. And as you know, the Wildcats do a pretty good job of playing at Club Swenson. You know, that's I think partly thanks to the fans because Club Swenson is definitely a home field advantage or a home court advantage for the Wildcats. It gets loud. Um, I think that really pumps up the the team. It's been a, it's been a fortress for quite a while. Um, dropped a couple this season, but uh, overall, I mean, it's been it's been really good. And so, with the quality of teams coming into Club Swenson over the next few weeks, the Wildcats have an opportunity to, depending on what happens with some of the other teams in the conference, particularly the green teams, um, the Wildcats could potentially tie for first place in the conference, depending on how things shake out. Another thing to to look at here, um, Danny Richens closing in on a thousand kills. So, I mean, 
a huge milestone. I'm sure that's something that they will talk about uh, in the in the weeks coming as she nears that milestone. And I'm sure that once she does, there'll be some probably some fanfare at Club Swenson because it's likely to happen there. Uh, like we said, considering how many five of the of the remaining seven matches will be in Club Swenson. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, probably a nice moment for for Danny Richens. Uh, so, if you have the opportunity. Make sure you're in Club Swenson as much as possible over the next coming weeks to celebrate that milestone with her because it's going to happen. Danny Richens will not be denied. <laughs> um, we talked a little bit about the defense. I mean, Wildcats, we, we talked about how good they've been in conference, but nationally, we haven't talked as much about Wildcats ranked 24th in the nation in blocks right now. They currently lead the conference in blocks, but 24th in the nation in blocks with this young group up front um, along with Emma Mangum and Danny Richens um, on the outside occasionally. Uh, she's been playing libero a little bit this season too as well, but uh, pretty good marks. And then also 26 in the con- in the country when it comes to opponent hit percentage. And so just that front has just been really, really good for the Wildcats. Um, and it's only going to get better, folks, because like we said, the youth and the folks coming in, um, it's just, it's only going to get better. And so yes, 24th and 26th right now. Who knows? Those numbers could improve as time goes on and expect those numbers to improve over the next two years, roughly, uh, at least for for this group core group of of ladies, so good things on the horizon for this uh, this front group of Wildcats. Um, another thing that we didn't really mention on the roadie to Montana Montana State, um, Bailey Bodley had some really big moments. She actually hit five thirty one on that road trip last. Um, she didn't have a single hitting error, so really something to think about that. Bailey Bodley has not only done it from the service line, like we talked about, she had two in that match against Montana, but also doing a great job uh, hitting 531 last week. Did not win Offensive Player of the Week, um, which is a little bit of a bummer, but should be noted that Bailey Bodley is playing some really good volleyball in the middle for the Wildcats, getting it done also from the service line. And so should the Wildcats win six of the last seven and win a match in the tournament, they could potentially hit 20 wins, um, which I, if you had told me that the Wildcats would be in reach of 20 wins at the beginning of the season, I probably would have called you a liar uh, because we knew that there would be some growing pains, that this was not going to be a team that would be a contender for the conference championship. Uh, you know, this was going to be a year of rebuild. And, and so looking at things where they are now and the body of work that the Wildcats have put together thus far. I mean, standing now and looking back, it's like, wow, the Wildcats truly could be sharing a portion of the regular season title once again. And so truly something interesting and something I don't think that we necessarily expected. But that's all kind of a little bit about the Wildcats. Let's talk now about the Stripes. Uh, things have been a little bit different for the Stripes since we saw them last. They had a big win, like we said, uh, the last time we faced them against Northern Colorado, a reverse sweep. Northern Colorado went up 2 nothing. And then Idaho State came back and won the final three three sets to beat Northern Colorado in Pocatello. A stunning loss for the Bears, who I think most folks would agree everyone expected to be the best team. Um, those folks maybe not paying close attention to what Portland State added to their squad, which I mean they've got just some they've got some great players, and we already talked about that on this show. Since the Wildcats defeated Idaho state and they've gone one and five. (laughs) 
since then. Uh, their sole win came against Idaho, who is you know down in down in the cellar right now. Idaho, a team that's still working out. They've got a first year head coach, like we talked about. Um, they're working through some stuff up there in Moscow, but yeah, one in five right now. They've lost to every team, and some of those teams are not great. You know, losing to Eastern Washingtons, losing to teams that probably you expect them to lose to, like Sac State or Portland State. Um, that's understandable. You know, the Wildcats had their own troubles with Portland State this season, being swept twice. Uh, they're just they're good. They're they're good. There's nothing more we can say about that. But um, now the Bob or the 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 Bengals are two and seven overall in conference. They've just got wins over Idaho and Northern Colorado somehow. <laughs> so so a team that's you know kind of reeling. They're on a five game losing streak right now. So they they win that one against Idaho. They've lost the subsequent five matches since then. So coming into Ogden. Um, where the Wildcats, like we said, we know they have they've played very, very well. It might be a little bit of a tough row to hoe for this this squad of of Bengals because they're reeling. Um, I think that part of their problem is that the the system that they run doesn't run super well for them. They've got a couple of players who really stand out, and we'll talk a little bit about them. Uh, we talked about them last time, folks like Emery Satuala. But for the the Bengals, just things after kind of that, maybe you could say they peaked a little too early because if you remember when conference play started, Idaho state had the best record in the conference. Now we've noted a number of times that not all out of conference schedules are, are created equally. So yes, they may have had the best conference or they may, may have had the best record going into conference play, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they were the because it depended upon the quality of competition. And so now they are in the midst of a five game skid and looking for a win. And honestly, Club Swenson is a really difficult place to find that win. So it may be uh, it may be a problem for them. But I mean, we talked about this a couple of shows ago when when the Wildcats did face the Bengals that they're on quite a win streak. And so if I remember it's seven, one, two, three, four, five. Six, uh, seven matches in a row now they've won. Um, the Wildcats have not lost to the Stripes since 2018, October 30th of 2018. And so by the time we see them, we'll be nearing nearly four years since we've lost to the Stripes. Um, so just, just an incredible run by the Wildcats because there was a time, if you remember, where the Wildcats had their, they had their troubles. Um, if, I, if I counted it right, there was a time where the Wildcats did not lose from, or the Wildcats did not beat the Stripes from 2012 until 27, 2018. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 game losing streak to them, if I counted that correctly. Just a, a really tough run. Uh, and there, you know, that was kind of, I would say that that was the time when the stripes were playing their best volleyball. But since that 2017 run, I mean, the Wildcats have, they handled business, uh, that second match or they handled business in that first match of 2018 in Pocatello. And, um, it's been fairly smooth sailing since that time. So like we said, um, a little bit of a, a record on the line, going into this one on Friday night against, against Idaho state, but uh, looking more at them a little bit more closely, Idaho state does not rank higher than fifth in the conference in any statistical category. They're also second to last or in the following statistical categories, hit percentage, opponent assists, assists themselves, opponent kills, 
their own kills and opponent digs. So their offense has really struggled. Um, you know, they're not doing great with assists or hit percentage. You know, those, you know, those things, two things go together. And then defensively, they've had some struggles where they have not kept kills down. Um, folks have been able to find the floor against them. And uh, when, when the Bengals have been hitting the ball back across the net, they've been able, opponents have been able to dig that out and get the ball back in the air and then run their own system. And so um, system in Idaho state, not, not working, I think as smoothly. Uh, they will not have the student section this time to help them out. Sorry, the jungle <laughs> can't wait to tag those guys on Friday. Uh, it's been fun to draw with them on Twitter. But uh, if you remember the match in, in Pocatello earlier this season, uh, there was some, there were some things going on with the student section following the, you know, the Wildcats. Cause if you know, you know, they switched sides after each set. Student section was also switching sides after each set, making sure they were right behind the Wildcat bench for each of those sets. And uh, at the end of the day, Jeremiah Larson, head coach Jeremiah Larson, took their advice and yeah, <laughs> he made some changes. And boy, oh boy, did those changes end up hurting the Bengals. Wildcats ended up winning that match. Um, but another name, we talked about this the last time we previewed Idaho State, or at least did the recap. And uh, a name that you should be watching out for once again is Emery Satuala. Uh, she's the Bountiful native. Uh, this is her sophomore season at Idaho State. Chose to play for the Stripes instead of Weber State. Um, her former head coach is now at Weber State, Sammy Stewart. And so um, um, we'll kind of see how this goes. Um, she's currently first in the conference in solo blocks, uh, block assists. So defensively, she is absolutely phenomenal. Plus, you know, offensively, she's she can swing and hit the ball, man. Um, so be watching for her. She had a big match against the Wildcats last time. I can't imagine that this will be any different. Um, she's she's really a, a phenomenal player. Probably going to have family in the building because, like I said, she is from Bountiful. And so it's just a short drive up to Weber State to see her play. Um, probably will. But, man, if I were her, I would just transfer to Weber State. That's what I'm saying. Just transfer to Weber State. Come home. Come home, Emery. <laughs> Another name to watch out for, Sadie Bluth. She's currently sixth in the conference in kills. You know, between these two, this is kind of the way that it works for the Bob or the Bengals. They, um, these are their two best players. And so you'll probably hear a lot of Sadie Bluth. Um, but aside from that, I don't expect that you'll hear too much more. Sort of, we talked about with the Grizz last week, about how Paige Clark was really it for them. Uh, that's how they got things going. Uh, or like with Montana State, uh, their best player was a player. Um, let me go back to my notes from, from last week. Uh, we talked a, a little bit about um, Jordan Raddick. Uh, Jordan Raddick did have an okay game against the Wildcats on Saturday night. Um, but once again, just not enough, you know, you have to kind of spread the ball around. The team has to be able to beat a team with the quality that the Wildcats have right now and the talent. And that just wasn't enough. The Bobcats fall short. Um, seems like the Bengals are maybe in a little bit of a different situation, a, a similar situation where they've got Emery Satuala, they've got Sadie Bluth, um, but they're not, you know, their setter is having problems. They're having a, a hard time running their offense. And so things are just falling short. And then Idaho state has won just one set and that was against Sac State uh, since they beat Idaho back on October 6th. So they have gone nearly three weeks, almost a month since winning. So it sort of shows where they're at going into this match on Friday, uh, this blackout match against the Wildcats at Club Swenson. And so 
kind of a dire situation for them. But I think the Wildcats will be ready because, like we said, Wildcats play really well at Club Swenson. Um, should be a good crowd. So if you're going to go, uh, of course, like we said, Weber State Weekly has season tickets to the volleyball uh, matches this season at home. Five of the next seven are there. And so if you are in need of a couple of tickets and want to get in and see what it's all about, you just want to get into Club Swenson, feel free to DM us, man. Uh, happy to share those with you and uh, let you enjoy the glory that is Club Swenson and Wildcat Volleyball. So folks, that's kind of our preview for Idaho State. Like I said, we've talked a little bit about them before. It's kind of where they're at right now since we've seen them last. And uh, it's not a good spot. So we'll see if the Wildcats continue can continue the streak against the Stripes on Friday night uh, in Club Swenson. So look at the upcoming schedule. Like we said, Friday, October 28th against Idaho State, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Get your tickets at WeaverStateSports.com or ESPN+. Plus. You can also buy them at the door if you just show up and you just buy them at the door. It's fine. They'll take your card. Uh, or hit us up if you need a couple. We have a pair of tickets that can get you in. And uh, by the way, they're chairbacks. So if you want us in that chairback area, we got chairbacks at Club Swenson. Just saying. We bought the fancy seats. Uh, then the following week, Thursday, November 3rd, um, Idaho comes to town. That will be 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Get your tickets. WeaverStateSports.com or watch it on ESPN Plus like I will be if you're out of market. Uh, Saturday, November 5th. Then Eastern Washington comes to Club Swenson. 6 p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. Uh, once again, tickets at WeaverStateSports.com. Then the following week is the final roadie of the season. So the Wildcats will start Thursday, November 10th, down, up, technically up at Flagstaff. Well, they're a couple thousand feet above us in Ogden. Uh, that match will start at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Get it on ESPN+. Plus. Then they'll wrap up the road trip uh, going to Greeley to face Northern Colorado at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on that one, ESPN+. Plus. Um, if you want to drive out there, go ahead. Greeley's not that far. Um, it, I, I'll be very interested to see how the Wildcats play against Northern Colorado because we've seen how they played against Sac State this season, um, sweeping them at Club Swenson. The only match that will, uh, unless the Wildcats somehow see them in the playoffs, but um, or in the conference tournament, but uh, and then obviously getting swept by Portland State, um, not a good taste. And so it'll be interesting to see how the Wildcats handle Northern Colorado. Of course, some of the folks that were on the team last year remember how things went in the conference championship. If you follow Wildcat Volleyball, you remember losing in five to Northern Colorado in the championship game on our own floor. Um, another thing to note is the conference tournament will be at Club Swenson this year. So interesting look. Uh, could be fun. Uh, we'll see. But a nice test for the Wildcats Saturday, November 12th against Northern Colorado in Greeley. And then finally, Thursday, November 17th, um, Montana State comes to town. 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Get your tickets or watch it on ESPN+. Folks, want to thank you for checking us out tonight, uh, listening to our volleyball show. I had to do this one solo, but I really appreciate you folks for checking it out. Uh, email us, WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we talked about our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash WeberStateWeekly. Thank you so much to our patrons. And then the blog at WeberStateWeekly.com. Uh, I've, I've got some uh, grades that I need to get up there for the game against the Bobcats in uh, the football game against the Bobcats on Saturday. Uh, we'll be sharing those grades here shortly. Um, and you'll get to read them and kind of see what our panel thought. So we'll wrap it up like we usually do, folks. Appreciate you for listening. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats.